Okay, welcome back to the Christopher Senate's Is Gavin Prez show. That's what's up. And on the campaign trail. So, um, I'm a researcher by interest. Uh, and I ran into this Chris Hedges lectures. I was listening to like Robert Reich and uh, it was another, he's a former Department of Labor, head of the Department of Labor, Robert Reich. And Chris Hedges is this amazing um, scholar. He was with the New York Times. He was in charge of their international, uh, like foreign, foreign correspondent. He was a foreign correspondent, covered former Yugoslavia, which uh, I did too, actually, um, when I was studying abroad in France. I've actually been to Bosnia and Serbia and, and um, Sarajevo, Croatia, Slovenia. I have ancestors from Slovenia, among other places. But, um, so, uh, Michael Moore is interviewing. Maybe I should do a Michael Moore binge. Marathon, Michael Moore Marathon. Uh, he's, he just did a really great show with Ilman, Ilhan Omar. And uh, Representative Ilmar. And so, yeah, um, and he just interviewed Chris Hedges about Afghanistan because Hedges covered Afghanistan and he actually got fired from the New York Times for uh, for speaking out against the immorality and the illegality of the of the American occupation attack and war of aggression and occupation that took place you know all the lies that our government told us during that time and they're still running free motherfuckers uh which would be something that i would change uh you know w uh, i think poppy i believe poppy bush is dead now but george w is still alive so he should be charged with treason and and uh, terrorism, basically. Um, you know, nothing personal, of course. Remember, everybody used to always say that oh, they they, they wouldn't mind having a beer with George W. Bush. That's why they voted for him because they he was like fucking relatable or somehow. Um, but anyway, uh, so yeah. So I've, I've been listening to this Rumble podcast. I don't know if I should start it from the beginning or just summarize what was said. So he's talking about the fascism of, of uh, Christians 
and how they're similar they are to German Christians, which uh, Christianity, which under Hitler, which was kind of fused with the state, and they were talking about the uh, the shaming slut-shaming of Christian women, basically, uh, who have had abortions. They give them... Ch they, he, he went to... Uh, he went to some of their events and uh, conferences and stuff. And they... Uh, actually, I've been to one, too. I've been to a uh, recyclicant conference in Washington, D.C. when I was living there, but, and, and, uh, Hedges also has a, uh, divinity, Masters in Divinity, uh, he was a, uh, going to become a man of the cloth, so to speak, um, and he was, he was talking about how they, they never, uh, they never even talk about the Bible with him, because, they don't know the Bible. The fucking American Christians don't know the Bible. They just, they quote from Revelations, he said, and a, a little from Paul, but other, otherwise they don't, they don't know the fucking Bible. And uh, Michael Moore just said that, you know, it, Jesus never once mentions abortion. For example, so yeah, they uh, they they in Christian in American Christianity, I, I specify American because in other countries, which I, I've traveled the world, and uh, in other countries, the Christians are really nice and and uh, you know the more in line with what you know the teachings of Jesus. And, um, but here, it's, uh, it was basically a violation of the separation of church and state, and I, I've been very vocal, I've done, like, TikTok videos and tried to propagate them, although I'm being geofenced, so if you do hear this podcast, please do share, and, um, uh, Share on social media. Get the word out. There's something uh, in this that you feel is important. Please do share because I'm being geofenced. And uh, here's a little season. My my typical uh, routine now of uh, cease and desist. Kevin at DHS. Uh, we did track you down, and we know your name is Kevin at DHS and I'm calling on the DHS to stop fucking violating my free speech rights and suppressing my communications not just my podcast but all my communications and uh, know that when I'm pres I'll be I'll be finding out your last name Kevin and uh, we'll be prosecuting you to the fullest extent of the law so let's go back let's go to the show man uh michael moore is rumble podcast very great and i strongly highly recommend it Ooh. 
And, uh, oh shoot. So, uh, you know, it's thanks to Michael Moore that I started doing my own podcasts. This was right during the impeachment, and he was, he does his um, emergency podcast system about the impeachment. And that was when I started to, uh, I downloaded it in five minutes. He was, you know, totally right. It takes five minutes and you could be doing your own podcast right now. So I just strongly recommend everybody, you know, make your own podcast. And although maybe not everybody. Um, or not, yeah, uh, you know, everybody, uh, everybody should do it, it's a good means of organizing your thoughts, especially during this time of great solitude, which is one of the great things about COVID, and I do have a series about, on, uh, TikTok, uh, hashtag great things about COVID, also, uh, hashtag Trump virus, because that's what it really should be called, Trump virus. Man made it nasty. My, uh, I do stand up every day. That's at least that's my goal. Do stand up. Uh, I did some today. I did a roast of Biden's mandate, ma- uh, ma- uh, vaccine mandate, which is backfiring because. Uh, and all he had to do was have a, implement stiff fines for not wearing a fucking mask. I'm totally, uh, if there's one thing I'm, I'm with Trump humpers about is, uh, being against the vaccine mandates. Fuck that, man. Especially since... I actually did the research as a researcher. CDC.gov. And what do they say about it? Thousands of people have died from the vaccine, man. And after Trump, obviously, intentionally, making it so that as many Americans were infected as possible. Um, I think a, a, you'd be a fucking moron if you didn't have a healthy distrust, mistrust of this fucking stupid-ass American government, this shitty-ass government. Whether it's Biden or Trump, they're still fucking shitty-ass poli- politicians. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Assface Nazi Dump um, often um, scoffed and, and tried to get people to attack politicians claiming that he wasn't one. 
But yeah, fuck yeah, he's a politician, he's been a politician a long time, he's a really shitty politician, a fucking evil politician. This is the dude that was calling for the uh, deaths of the, the, remember those, those boys that were accused of, of, um, of rape, and they had nothing to do with it, and he was calling in the, he put a fucking ad in the paper in the New York Times to, to put him to death, fucking asshole. Fucking evil piece of shit. You know, and he's the Antichrist. You guys were waiting for the Antichrist? Well, that that was Trump. And he's still on the fucking loose, so don't get so complacent. Everybody's pretty complacent. And it's nice and it's uh, heartening to see on TikTok. I just did a, you know, I did a duet with this. Uh, El- Elderly African American granny, black granny, and um, she's asking the same question that's on a lot of people's minds: Where the fuck are the criminal charges for terrorism and treason and and uh, you know I I've I've been calling for election fraud, criminal charges. Where the fuck is it? And are, are they? Where the fuck are all these criminal charges? And the FBI is not doing their job. They're letting all the January 6th terrorists get away with a slap on the wrist, misdemeanor, and trespassing, and picketing on government property. That's what they're getting. All 500 of them. I don't think any of them are doing jail time right now. None of them. The what? The stupid ass chick who uh, who stole um, Nancy Pelosi's laptop from her office and tried to sell it to China, was it? Tried to sell it to China. (laughs) They let her go home with their mom that same night. There you go. That's, That's white privilege for you. That's a good example of white privilege. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, these fuckers are still running free, and that's why y'all have to, uh, you all have to elect me something, yeah, uh, governor, and by the way, no fucking pardons for any of these motherfuckers, and um, they're all going to face, face the music. They're going to face the music, and they're going to pay, do some time. You do, you do the crime, you do the time, motherfuckers. That's going to be no pardons for Mr. Trump and his fucking treasonous minions. And uh, and no pardon for Mr. Doug Douche, Douche Canoe as well for attempting to steal a hundred million fucking dollars from the Arizona taxpayers. And that dude's still running free too. Nobody's even, nobody else is even talking about it. Why the fuck isn't he forced to resign? And charged. And the embezzlement, his, his staffer was involved too. And he's one of the Fucking Rathuglicunt governors, along with Abbott, Greg Abbott in Texas, and um, Death Sentence, Ron Death Sentence, they call him Death Sentence, rightly so, 
Run DeSantis in Florida. I'm not drinking or anything, I just have the hiccups randomly. But, uh, yeah, I don't drink anymore. I don't drink any less. Haha, <laughs> just kidding. No, I don't, I don't drink at all. I've got all this liquor <coughs> on my fridge. It's, uh, you know, it's my bar, and that's been, it's like collecting dust. That's how much of an alcoholic I am. I'm not. <sighs> anyway, so, um, yeah, and cinema, oh, Christian cinema, Kirsten cinema. I'm roasting all these people on, um, <clears throat> my TikTok, so please... My TikTok, oh, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. YouTube. Follow me, Christopher Congress or Christopher Prez. Most most of it is Christopher Congress, like um, Instagram and uh, TikTok. Christopher, the number of Congress. And I also have on, I have like, uh, what, like, three TikTok accounts now, um, Christopher Potus, no, 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 Christopher Prez, that's my newest one, that's why I haven't memorized it yet, um, Christopher Senate, Easy, Senate, Gavin Prez, Easy Gavin Prez, and, uh, Christopher Congress, both those two, my first two, TikTok accounts. They have over a thousand viewers, so I can actually go live on those accounts. But uh, so please follow me on Trista Four Prez on TikTok, so I can go live on that one eventually. I think I've only got like 80 followers on that. I've got almost 2,000 on um, on uh, Trista for Congress. Yeah, so I. I still often, uh, I'm kind of tending towards Christopher Congressman, even though I just realized, you know, this is kind of stupid of me, it's kind of silly, but <clears throat> I just realized that, uh, Carson Cinema is not up for re-election re <laughs> next year, unfortunately, because we really need to fucking switch her out. I don't know if there's a way, to, I don't think there's a way to recall call her. I think that's just for the governor. Which, which I'm going to try to, I've got the paperwork to recall Douchey. Um, you know, in this, in this time, nobody has any honor, nobody has any fucking pride or, or, uh, you know, uh, righteousness, that, um, all these evil shits, all these governors, these governors, thuglicunt governors, they're, they have, they're insider traitors, traitors, emphasis on traitors, and, um, They've all invested in Regener Regeneron, which is the medication used in the treatment of COVID, aka Trump virus. By the way, we're listening to King Shiloh Sun System. <laughs> So 
many teams. This is Healing of the Nations, pretty much all I listen to. Healing of the Nations is number 46. If you want to hear the, more of this awesome music. Wonderful Roots. Re, roots Dub. Roots Reggae. Roots and Dub. Anyway, so, uh, are we going to be, oh yeah. Okay, we were at, uh, episodes two and nine. It's time for Sublime Madness with Chris Hedges. So, 30 mi- 39 minutes left. Here we go. Here. So, Could have motor through you it. know, I've just been thinking about this today. I don't, I don't, uh, you know, I mean, I think that definitely we need to connect with groups that are, are trying to make a plan, and I listened to them a little bit today, talking about how, you know, if we get... Ah. Uh, a better situation in Congress. We can get laws passed. We can, uh, they'll never be able to outlaw abortion in every state because it's going to end up a state's rights thing. So I've asked, uh, Michael Moore to run for office as well as many other people. And, uh, right at this time too, Texas is, um, outlawed abortions. <laughs> Fuckers. Um, six week abortion rule. And, um, Supreme Court fucking backed it up, and but the Merrick Garland at the Department of Justice saved the day, and uh, the Doge, the DOJ, is is uh, filing suit against Texas. And, you know, bless their hearts, bless their hearts. But, uh, yeah, these fuckers, they need to be driven out of office. They shouldn't be making any fucking laws, signing any fucking laws. They should be in fucking jail. That's where they should be. And, um, you know, for insider training, where's the fucking jail time? Why are these fuckers not driven out of office? There's going to be 20 states, maybe, where you can get an abortion. But, wow. We all need to put our boots on here. This is a fight we have to have. Well, we need. There was a TikTok creator who uh, pointed out here's the unvarnished truth. The reason white people want uh, white racist people. Christians, basically, fascist fucking American Christians, wants there to be no uh, abortion, uh, want to make abortions illegal illegal again, is um, they want more white babies. And they also want to, uh, you know, make the black, make people of color, non-white fucking Christian, uber Christian fascists suffer. um, Anybody who can't uh, suffer and die. You know, their their control of women is is uh, is total. And uh, pick me culture. I like that concept of pick me culture of the uh, of white women. White women have this pick me culture, which which just perpetuates that. 
shit like racism and because um, they're uh, and it all comes down to sexual competition sexual competition because uh, the white women don't want any competition from women of color so uh, so they are racist to match their idiot husbands on stupid ass boyfriends so um so yeah they want they want more white babies basically they want more white babies and they want more suffering as much suffering as possible on non-whites they want more white babies because the the birth rate is plummeting So let's get back to the show. Yeah. Now playing, you can swipe. Yeah. Right. Yes, they own, you know, the press is completely corporatized. Uh, I mean, the whole, you know, I know we're going to talk about Afghanistan, but watching John Bolton, of all who's insane, I mean, uh, H.R. McMaster, uh, uh, Leon Panetta, all the architects of this uh, feudal, disastrous uh, uh, conflict are the ones now, uh, uh, you know, on all of the networks uh, speaking about it. Um, and so... Um, the system itself is uh, in serious decay, seriously diseased, and Biden, I think, is a kind of cover for it. But uh, um, and, and you know what was interesting about uh, last election is that the Democratic Party elites, like uh, Lloyd Blankfein and the CEO of Goldman Sachs and others, made it very public, very clear that if somehow Bernie got the nomination, which the Democratic Party hierarchy was never going to allow, they would all support Trump. Um, Trump was an embarrassment to the empire because of his vulgarity and ineptitude, and, um, uh, but they could live with Trump. Um, they were never going to live with Bernie. Uh, and, uh, and they are the people that have created the Why? Because they hate morass you? that the country has fallen into. Um, uh, I've actually, I actually know um, Republicans who, when it comes down to it, you ask them what they think about Bernie, and they, they kind of think he's cool. Like they were, they're okay with Bernie. And, uh, and the fact is, he's the most fucking popular politician in America. Just <clears throat> yet another reason why I'd love to get his endorsement. So if any. If uh, Bernie, you're listening out there, um, or somebody who knows Bernie, Nina Turner, um, or something, um, hook me up. Put us in contact. I want his endorsements. Write that on my list of things to do. Uh, and and they're they you know they place Biden because he's been a loyal servant. To, they used to call him Senator Credit Card. He's a loyal servant to these interests, uh, and uh, he would be a good uh, you know give more decorum perhaps and gravitas to uh, the uh, office of the presidency, and would not in any way seriously disrupt their 
disemboweling of, of the country. In the months leading up to the 2020 primary, so in, in 2019, when Bernie uh, was consistently in first place in all the polls, and it looked like he was going to win and did the, or tie for the early uh, primaries and uh, caucuses. Biden was going, was supposed to be their hope to beat Bernie, and he was polling it fifth or sixth, and in those uh, first primaries, uh-huh. he came in fifth or sixth, yeah, or nobody wanted even it. been seventh in one of them. You remember, they immediately went to Bloomberg yeah, and convinced him right. to be the great white hope. Oh, they, they threw Biden under the bus and went to Bloomberg, and then Bloomberg is essentially gets thrown under the bus by Elizabeth Warren in that first debate, and that was the end of that. Uh-huh. But let's, yes, let's talk about Afghanistan and empire, and I we've forgot. had another blow to empire, our empire, uh, in the last couple of weeks. Uh, We've lost our most recent war in a long string of losses, uh, a couple of draws, but basically since World War II, you know, our wars are primarily fought against people of color. The the Balkan Wars are the wars that you covered there with Serbia and uh, the former Yugoslavia and uh, Bosnia and all that. I guess white people consider them white, but of course, these most people don't realize the, the large Muslim populations that exist uh, in in that part of Europe. And watching the pundits in the last couple of weeks, the, the H.R. McMasters and the Petraeuses and all these architects of of this disaster, um, they didn't want it to end. They were criticizing me. Biden. To, Keep it going. Keep it going. Don't. No, no. August 31st. No. And it was amazing to see uh, them do this. But I worry, Chris, and this is why I wanted you to come on today, because I want our friends, the the average Americans, the the great middle of this country to understand what's happened here, what it means for us and what we need to do so that we never get ourselves in a situation like this again. And you, having spent those 15 years in that, mostly that part of the world, and being the Middle East Bureau Chief for a number of those years, you were there. You were on the ground. You saw it. And and in your writings, uh, as far as I'm concerned, you were trying to warn us about this. And we've paid an awful price. And But I'm, I'm also worried about our soul because the decisions we make from this point on there's no more room. There's no more wiggle room here. Um, if we are going to be true and good and decent uh, of a, uh, as a people. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the problem is, is, is the fact that the survivability at this point of the U.S. economy is based on uh, the production of weapons. Uh, the, you know, employment. Uh, I think the, you know, the defense industry employs close to a million people. And, uh, then you have all the people employed in the military itself, and then all of the people, all of the towns that survive because of uh, whatever defense department plant or uh, uh, is located near them or in their uh, city. So the economy is so distorted. Seymour Melman wrote about this back in the 80s in his great book, The Permanent War Economy. Uh, and, uh, and so, and all of these people who you just mentioned, of course, sit on boards of these companies like Raytheon and Halliburton. So they're profiting from the wars. Uh, we know from the Afghanistan papers that were published by the Washington Post, uh, that 
You know, there's no law in America against profiteering. I looked it up. There should be, though. Something to remind me when I'm pressed. Uh, let's let's make a war on profiteering. Uh, the political and military leadership uh, understood uh, that, uh, you know, at best they would fight the Taliban to a stalemate. Uh, uh, that the, the public pronouncements about the war in Afghanistan bore no relation to what was happening on the ground, but for the defense contractors, it was uh, they made a killing. I mean, their stocks have quadrupled since 9/11, um, and and they were distributing pallets of money in the Middle East. Must have been going to all those fucking subcontractors, the mercenaries. That's what they were. They're fucking mercenaries. And uh, you mentioned you mentioned um, Eric Prince of of uh, Blackwater and Jeremy Scahill wrote a great expose about Blackwater and uh, mercenary activities in the Middle East. <clears throat> and everybody knows about like what hammers were like sixty thousand dollars. Some crazy shit, you know, like there were, uh, there were profiteers, you know, mercenaries, <gasps> and then they they uh, carried out a fucking genocide, Blackwater did, uh, a massacre. <clears throat> they, they were in traffic, and they, they claimed that they, like, thought they were being threatened or something, but they basically carried out a fucking massacre in the middle of traffic in, like, Kuwait or Baghdad, and they got away with it. Pretty sickening. It's the problem. We have an out-of-control, unaccountable, even the Pentagon uh, doesn't submit itself to being audited. Uh, it Never. sucks half of all discretionary uh, spending, and that, of course, is the the primary element in, in terms of the disintegration. Um, just a shout out to uh, President Sanders. Uh, thanks for during your campaign. We're talking about how the uh, you would audit the Pentagon. We certainly should be fucking audited, audited, because you know those fat cats are fucking lined in their own pockets with. There's 21 trillion dollars missing, and Dick Cheney, Dick, Dick, the day before 911, he announced. Remember that he announced that the Pentagon had somehow lost track of what was it like eight trillion dollars, nine nine trillion. I think I was uh, working in the newspapers. It was in the headlines too, and that was another like trillions of dollars missing through the Pentagon, it being fucking money laundered. It's one big fucking money laundering operation. That's what the Pentagon is. All empires. That's how the Roman Empire fell, trying to field a one million man uh, army, and uh, and that's why. Uh, Leibniz, uh, uh, the great uh, German socialist, called the German military the enemy from within. Uh, and so what's happened over the last 40 years 
in Afghanistan. I have to go back to 79 when the Soviets invaded and the CIA uh, under Brzezinski uh, started along with the Pakistan's uh, ISI, the intelligence agency, uh, spent anywhere, we don't know the real figure because a lot of it was done off the books and a lot of it was Saudi money, but anywhere from $9 billion, some estimates are as high as $20 billion, uh, arming the most radical Islamic Mujahideen groups fighting the Soviets, uh, uh, essentially destroying uh, the secular democratic Afghan uh, opposition, and that was to give the Soviet Union, in Brzezinski's words, its Vietnam. Uh, and that uh, campaign uh, 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 created, well, and we have to be, Osama bin created Al Qaeda and Osama bin Laden, who were in uh, Afghanistan to assist uh, the Mujahideen, but that created the Taliban because after the Soviets. Uh, withdrew these warlords that we had armed, spent two years slaughtering each other for control of the country, uh, and that saw the rise of the uh, Taliban taking power in 1996. Uh, and so it's all, uh, Afghanistan was a kind of petri dish, uh, uh, the, and, and the, the, just in that period of uh, when the Soviets were occupying and we were funding the Mujahideen, a million Afghan civilians. Uh, were killed, along with 90,000 Mujahideen fighters, 18,000 Afghan troops, and 14,500 Soviet troops. Um, but these uh, deaths were kind of worth it uh, in the great power game uh, of the Cold War, at least in the eyes of Brzezinski and the others. Um, so, uh, you know, there's a real cynicism. I think those of us who've been on the outer reaches of empire get it. Um, empire is really the uh, external face of uh, white supremacy, because as you pointed out correctly, uh, the empire uh, subjugates uh, and occupies and obliterates people of color. And that's why within Iraq, Afghanistan, all of these conflicts now that have spread to Syria, Libya, parts of Pakistan, Somalia, there is among uh, soldiers and Marines on the ground a very racist language towards the people that they are trying to control, the sand and ragheads, <coughs> all this kind of stuff. Um, and that's what the core of empire is. It, it, it seeks to justify itself by speaking about its superior civilization uh, and the benefits of its quote-unquote superior civilization, but all empires, whether it's the British uh, the French, uh, anywhere else, it's about uh, the exploitation of cheap labor, the pillaging of natural resources, um, draconian forms of control and state terrorism. That's what empire is. Uh, and uh, the, you're right. It has been, I mean, whether it's the Bay of Pigs, whether it's Vietnam, whether it's Iraq, which is now controlled by Shiite factions allied with Iran, uh, uh, whether it's Afghanistan, uh, there's, there's just been one debacle after another. The problem is nobody's held accountable. In fact, all of the architects, as you again pointed out, are uh, you know saying we shouldn't have left or we should have done this or we should have done that, and not being uh, held responsible for what they did in Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, and uh, um, that has uh, created a kind of unaccountable political and military elite 
that leaps from fiasco to fiasco uh, and is just self-perpetuating. Uh, and this gets into the expansion of NATO up to the Russian border, very foolish move. Uh, Reagan had promised Gorbachev that NATO would not expand beyond Germany's borders after the reunification of Germany. But of course, there were billions of dollars to be made, uh, which have been made by the arms industry, our arms industry, we're the largest exporter of arms on the planet, um, uh, by refitting uh, former uh, Soviet pact countries, Czechoslovakia, Poland, with uh, NATO compatible equipment. So I was in Warsaw a couple years ago and I get off and there are all these billboards uh, from Raytheon. Um, so it, 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 that's the problem. And, and if we don't, it's what Eisenhower warned about, the military industrial complex. Uh, and if we can't tame the military industrial complex, I mean, they're now what Biden just gave, what, 60 million dollars to Ukraine. They're fitting out Ukrainian ports to be compatible with NATO ships. The Crimea, they would, which is the major Russian port, of course, they would like to turn into a NATO port. That's really what the core of the conflict is about. This is now flirting with China and the South China Sea, uh, issues over Taiwan. These people have to create chaos, like the intelligence agencies. They have to create conflict um, because that justifies their existence. And uh, in that way, they're able to ratchet up both their budgets uh, and, uh, and, and the kind of violent violence that they carry out. I mean, the whole CIA itself, which should be an intelligence, intelligence gathering, uh, I mean, that should be its primary job, uh, now runs paramilitary units and operates dark sites and carries out targeted assassinations and uh, was organizing CIA armed raids uh, in Afghanistan. Uh, I mean, it's just gotten completely, and, and it's there. It's all secret. It's not. It's we, we don't see it. We don't even know what the uh, budget is for these intelligence agencies. That's secret. So that yeah. is the fundamental problem. It's destroying the country. So yeah. So yesterday, right? Um, I turn on the TV, and there's the president of Ukraine sitting there in the White House with with Biden, and um, and they're talking about this. What you mentioned the sixty million dollars we're going to give them to, and I'm wait. I'm like, wait a minute. We're just one day out of Afghanistan, and we're talking about, let's take on the Russians in Crimea. What? And even last week, there was some saber rattling regarding China. What is wrong with these people? That they can't they even wait war. hours after one... They love war. It makes them, puts money in their pockets, billions of dollars, trillions of dollars in their fucking pockets. That's why they love war so much. Like fucking pigs for war. Catastrophe. Make some jizz in their pants to think about wartime and, and starting a fucking war so that they, their, their fucking bank accounts that get all, all nice and fat. Billions of dollars. To jump in to the next. And it just, it, it was just mind boggling to see this. And I want to read actually something that you posted here a couple weeks ago. Uh, while the collapse was starting and taking place and all the pundits were on, on the news and uh, trying to keep the importance of the war machine, the American war machine going, whether it's going to be in Afghanistan or the next place we're going to end up. Just if I could quote you here. 
and you were referring to all these, all of a sudden, all these stories. Oh, the poor Afghan people. Oh, the women, the girls, all this is going to happen. This is, this is a country that still can't recommit to and pass and extend the Violence Against Women Act in our Congress. Uh, that still, even though we've got the 38 states required for the Equal Rights Amendment, still hasn't been placed into the Constitution. Okay, so, so I, I get the crocodile tears for our, our great concern for women in our country and, and around the world. But this is what you wrote. You said the faux pity, quote, the faux pity for the Afghan people from these, you know, American uh, pundits, whatever. This faux pity, which has defined the coverage of the desperate collaborators with the U.S. and coalition occupying forces and the educated elites fleeing to the Kabul airport, begins and ends with the plight of the evacuees. There were few tears shed for the families routinely terrorized by our U.S. coalition forces, or the some 70,000 civilians who were obliterated by U.S. airstrikes, drone attacks, Shock missiles, and, awe, and artillery, or gunned down by nervous occupying forces who <laughs> saw every Afghan, with some justification, as the enemy during the war. Yeah, and there will be few tears for the humanitarian catastrophe that empire, our empire, is orchestrating on the 38 million Afghans who live in one of the poorest and most aid-dependent countries in the world. I mean, were you going as crazy as I was over this last month listening to this utter bullshit being perpetrated on the American people? Because it's just self-adulation. Our goodness, our virtues, utterly disconnected from 20 years of horror, and I would argue 40 years of horror, that we've orchestrated on the Afghan people. And now uh, the UN is already talking about mass starvation. Uh, you, you know, at this moment, with the Taliban taking control, uh, you know, one in three uh, Afghans, about 14 million Afghans, don't have enough to eat. Two million Afghan children are malnourished. Uh, some half a million Afghans have been displaced from their homes. Uh, and this is on top of a drought that destroyed 40% of the nation's crops last year, courtesy of climate change. Um, food prices are skyrocketing. Uh, and so what do we do? We impose sanctions, as we did on Iraq, which UNICEF estimates killed 500,000 children. Um, and uh, and you you can look at uh, the kind of statements of Madeleine Albright, then the UN U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, uh, you know, famously tells uh, Leslie Stahl in 60 Minutes when she asks whether half a million Iraqi children dying because of the sanctions was worth it. She says yes, it was worth it. Or Clinton, Hillary Clinton, joking about Gaddafi uh, being sodomized and brutally killed. Uh, and saying we came, we saw he died, or Zell Miller of Georgia, who after the 9-11 attacks uh, says, I say bomb the hell out of them, and if there's collateral damage, so be it. And stupid um, ass, and remember, uh, never forget, John McCain, he was, uh, he sang bomb, 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 bomb on Iran, you know, like, our uh, politicians are so reckless in uh, 
beating the drum for award. Uh, that, that's the real face of Empire, which we don't see. Um, but yes, the coverage has been utterly nauseating and, uh, and so disingenuous uh, uh, and ignoring the suffering that we are responsible for, uh, the massive suffering that we've, uh, because of our invasion of Afghanistan. The Taliban, by the way, had, they gave them safe harbor to Osama bin Laden. That's true, but they, uh, uh, you know, were willing to completely surrender. Uh, and the whole justification for going into Afghanistan was supposedly to get Osama bin Laden, although, of course, they hired uh, uh, Northern Alliance troops to go into Tora Bora, and they were just the, the al-Qaeda operatives Massacre. bought them all off and fled to Pakistan. Um, and then for some odd reason, we decided we needed to go to war with the Taliban uh, and rebuild Afghanistan in our own image, something the Soviets tried uh, for 10 years, and um, the British tried in the 19th century, and it didn't work out for either the Soviets or the British uh, any more than it worked out for us. So what happens now in Afghanistan? Well, what happens now is is uh, is that humanity, we're going to make them pay. Uh, that That's how empires work, um, you know, especially wounded empires. Uh, and so uh, you have uh, the uh, Afghan reserves and other financial accounts have all been frozen, uh, so that cuts the half the Taliban government out of not an estimated 9.5 billion uh, from that belong to the Afghan Central Bank. Uh, you can't get shipments of cash to Afghanistan. The IMF uh, said it, Afghanistan will no longer be able to access uh, um, its resources. Uh, they, they'll put a they'll make them pay, and and they will also. I have no doubt about it, having spent 20 years overseas and watching how. Uh, this pattern works, they uh, are reaching out to those warlords they have worked with uh, in the past uh, and will funnel them arms and money uh, and support uh, to destabilize uh, Afghanistan. That's, uh, and that's, you already have uh, the former Vice President Saleh, uh, who's, uh, he's holed up in the Panjshir Valley, uh, you had uh, uh, Afghan Massoud and Mohammed Atanur and Dostum and all these people who have long done carried the water for the CIA in the United States are uh, all clamoring to be armed and supported to perpetuate the conflict. And that's what's going to happen. And what about us, Chris? What happens to us? I mean, the, the, you know, when we, so we borrowed, what, $2 trillion for the war in mm -hmm. Afghanistan? Yeah. Uh, we should have just taken all that money out in a big field and burned it um, because it was borrowed. So now we've got to pay the interest on it. Uh, you have all of the uh, veterans who uh, have suffered uh, physical and psychological wounds from that war who have to be cared for. Um, How many dead Americans? What happens is uh, the country continues both the kind of physical decay, um, because of course our resources are squandered in, uh, you know, military adventurism. It's called micro militarism. It's what historians call it. It's how empires always die. Um, so you had 50 years of Athenian democracy. Thucydides writes all about this in the Peloponnesian Wars, and then they it's overreach. 
so what do we have 800 bases around the world um, and uh, and that's that this is and by the way we're, we're totally fitting in exactly with the Chinese plan for things which is to that we impoverish ourselves basically we spend all our money on stupid war at war weapons war and weapons and profiteers and fucking mercenaries like Blackwater and Eric Prince. By the way, his, his sister is Betsy DeVos. Bet, Betsy DeVos. Can you believe that shit? No wonder she was a piece of shit. Education secretary. We're seeing in Afghanistan. So Athens uh, invades Sicily. Its entire fleet is sunk. Most of its soldiers are killed. Uh, there become uprisings throughout the empire. You can look to uh, 1956, Suez Crisis, when Nasser uh, nationalized the Suez Canal, the British Empire uh, attempts to go in, along with Israel and the French, uh, to seize it, and they have to retreat in humiliation. That is the end of the British Empire, which which did a better job of dismantling itself. So either the empire is broken up, uh, uh, and we begin to address the very deep ills within the United States, or uh, then we face uh, a kind of uh, frightening reconfiguration, much as Rome did uh, with, you know, so you still have, we still have a Congress, uh, but it doesn't function in any real way. It's completely, I mean, even the, they don't even write the legislation, the lobbyists write the legislation and uh, pass it. So you have the form, like the, uh, after Augustus rose in the Rome, you still have the, the uh, the language and the and the institutions, but they're no longer uh, functioning in, in any real way. And then the forms of social controls, you cut people off in terms of uh, being able to be integrated in a meaningful way in the society. Then the forms of control, which we already see and Malcolm X would call our internal colonies, uh, becomes very draconian. You have poli militarized police units and you know, Detroit and Ferguson and Camden and all these other places, uh, which carry out reigns of terror. And I don't use that word lightly. That's what they are. I teach in a prison. Um, so, you know, I'm in close touch with my students and their families. Um, it, it's police and mass incarceration. It's why we have 25% of the world's prison population and we are less than 5% of the world's population. Um, and, and, and Hannah Arendt writes about this where she said that when uh, people are stripped of their rights and she herself lost her German passport, was stateless in France. She said when people are stripped of their rights, then it creates both a legal and a physical mechanism to turn rights into privileges. Uh, and, uh, and those privileges can be taken away. That's where we're headed. We're headed to, uh, you know, if we don't get Trump, uh, unless there is a real reckoning with what's happening internally, and I don't see that Biden the Biden administration in any way attempts to do that, uh, then we may end up with a competent Trump. I think you've said this, and you're right. Uh, you know, uh, uh, and that's very dangerous. Somebody like Mike Pompeo or Tom Cotton or maybe some name we don't know, uh, but a competent fascist who, when they attempt to carry out a coup, actually have organized it to make it work. And, you know, at the same time, we're talking about uh, the uh, the death of reproductive rights for women in Texas, it's we are also talking about the passage of draconian voter suppression laws. Same time in Texas. At the same time. Yeah, I, I, literally on the same day. Literally the same day. 
you know, people who listen to this podcast, to I, I don't want them to ever leave an episode of this with this utter sense of despair that there's no hope, uh, that we're, we're so far down the hole that we won't be able to climb out of it. You know, because I've believed for a very long time since I, I first ran for office and was elected when Run I was 18. Again, and I was, I, I figured out very quickly that the more that you can instill despair in people, the more you can demoralize them, the more you, more you have them believing that they really don't have any power and they can't out. change anything. That's the sweet spot. Sure. That's where you want the public. And I try to, Chris, I try to fight against this nonstop. Not just because I want to leave people with, in fact, I'm against hope. You know, I call it hopium. The, the, the worst thing to do is to just, you know, uh, feed people a big bowl of hope. Uh, when, in fact, we're in, we're in, we're in a very dark space here. And uh, um, we're going to have to be very smart and very committed. We're going to have to love each other and be kind to each other and work together to fight this. Otherwise, we won't win. And that, that means when I say win, I mean whether that's fighting the right wing, the fighting fascism, uh, whether it's uh, fighting the forces that have led us to the collapse of the planet. We need to rethink how we're doing this and how we fight and, and uh, how we work together to do that. You're one of these people who, I don't know what we do without you. There are many people in my lifetime, we were talking before we went on, on the air here about the old magazine, Ramparts, back in the 60s and the early 70s and the writing that took place and the people the, the chris hedges of of that era of, of which bob Shear was certainly one and, and others but if i didn't have them when i was a teenager to read i don't know i don't know where i would have gone or where i would have turned and so we have you with us we have noam chomsky we have you know others uh a similar a person who has con combined his divinity degree with a very good and correct political message, uh, Cornell West. I mean, there, there are people, but there aren't, aren't many of you. And it's so important that uh, your writings, your thinkings, that you share that with ah. us and help us try to figure out what to do. I'm sorry to put that on your shoulders, but you're needed now more than ever. So um, take that for what it's worth. You know, it's like Camus. I mean, there's and Camus is a good writer to read. Um, that there's a, a you know the assertion of our dignity uh, in the face of you know what Sheldon Wolin would call this system of inverted totalitarianism is a moral imperative, uh, and it what's it's what keeps us whole. Uh, we can't use the word hope if we don't resist. And I remember asking Daniel Berrigan how he defined faith. And he said, the belief that the good draws to it the good, even if all the empirical evidence around you says otherwise. And I would say from my experience as a war correspondent that that is right. The good does draw to it the good. So that even when a shell would land in Sarajevo, and these were huge shells and uh, bodies were eviscerated and you could palpably sense the waves of death emanating from where these shells had landed. Um, and then families would rush and friends rush forward to try and help those who had been wounded. You could feel these concentric circles of love and death, life and death. 
Um, and I saw it in the revolutions in Eastern Europe. So when I covered uh, the Velvet Revolution, I was in the Magic Lantern Theater every night with Václav Havel, Ginsberg, wow. and all the people who would eventually run uh, the yeah. government. Uh, you had, uh, they would have big uh, protests, half a million people in Venezuela Square. And uh, I remember the night they brought out this great uh, Czech singer, uh, Marta Kubasheva. Now, she had sung a prayer for Marta, which was the anthem of defiance in 1968 against the Soviet invasion to overthrow Dubček. Uh, and when the Soviet puppet government took over and Dubček was thrown out, uh, she was banned from the airwaves. Her recording stock was destroyed. Um, she worked in the intervening years on an assembly line in a toy factory. And I was there that night when she walked out on that balcony and began to sing a prayer for Marta. And every check in the crowd knew every word. That is the power of the good drawing to it the good. Um, you know, it may not even be seen in our lifetime. But I think that's where faith becomes important. Um, and, and, and that we have to have faith that resistance, fighting what I would call these forces of death, even if empirically everything around us says otherwise, does have an effect and does give us hope. And I think my own experience in extreme situations validates that. Uh, and that's, that's, you know, what keeps us whole. I mean, there is a kind of, there, there are rapid highs and lows conditioned within us by the consumer society. But we all have to be endowed with what the theologian Reinhold Niebuhr calls sublime madness in the soul. Um, Vasily Grossman writes about this beautifully in his novel Life and Fate. Um, and I think that uh, for me it's not accidental that our great prophets, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, came out of faith traditions, that um, that it didn't really matter. Uh, Hannah Aaron has a great quote. She said, you know, don't trust those people who say you, uh, 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 you ought to do this, I oughtn't to do this, or I shouldn't do this. Only trust those people who say I can't. Good attracts good. I believe that. I absolutely believe that. Uh, Chris Hedges, I, I can't thank you enough for uh, coming on this podcast and, and talking to us. I hope you'll come back again. Uh, we have much ahead of us here a lot of work to do. And um, you mentioned that you were just finishing up your next book. It's out so, in October. It's the one you mentioned on teaching in prisons. Yeah. So that, well, that's very, very soon. And such an important issue too, in terms of the, the system of mass incarceration, the prison industrial complex, all of that. Um, I look forward to that and, and you're uh, humanizing it for us. Um, it's very important. Come back on uh, when the book's out, and we'll talk about that. I'd like to do that. And uh, uh, thank you for all these years of, of your work, and uh, thank you for, you know, a lot of us, you, myself, uh, Barbara Lee, and people that were lone voices at the beginning of these wars uh, back in the early 2000s, um, had to take a, an awful lot of grief, and I'm I'm glad that uh, they weren't able to silence you and uh, and beat you down uh, that you were tried that with you too yeah no I yes I know that I know that in a very very real way uh, when they arrested the guy that was building the fertilizer bomb for my house I, I knew that in a very real way but yet you know it's important that people see that uh, that we we can't be broken in that way 
if what we believe that what we're doing and saying is speaking to our conscience and acting on that, uh, that can only be a good thing. And I encourage everybody listening to this to do the same, uh, to find the courage, uh, if you can, to take the little steps in your daily life, at work, at school, in your family, together, the more of us, the better. So I encourage that. And, and I thank you, Chris, for um, helping us lead the way. Thank you so much. Hey, well, thanks for doing it, Mike. Okay, be well. We'll talk soon. And uh, Chris Hedges uh, here is our guest here on Rumble. And that's it uh, for Rumble with Michael Moore. Thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in. Thinking about the topics and the things that we were discussing today, all very important. And I look forward to continuing this discussion with you here on my podcast uh, next week and on our great movie night week from uh, next week, Friday, September 10th, 9 p.m. Join us on that night. I'll have some uh, special guests. And on the eve of the 20th anniversary of the great tragedy of 9-11, we can talk amongst ourselves about what we still need to do to make sure that not only that something like that doesn't happen again, but that we are seen in the world as people of peace, as people who want the rest of the world live a good and decent life. That's not just for the exclusive club of America and the first world. So I remain hopeful. I remain committed. And I welcome you to be my guest next Friday night, September 10th, 9 p.m. I I remain uh, committed, but, um, you know, cautiously optimistic. Ah. Yeah, y'all need to get off your fucking asses, your lardy asses, and call Congress and the White House and just just fucking barrage them with with calls. We need to lock up Trump, lock up Trump and his stupid fucking treasonous minions. Lock them all up, and you gotta call you gotta call Congress and White House until they fucking do it. They'll do it if if y'all get on the horn and do your job as an American. Now you're all stressed out, of course, and that's how they want us to be. They want us to be so stressed out we don't have time to call Congress 202-224-3121 or call the White House 202-456-1111. And tell them, justice for January 6th, man. Lock them all up. They committed treason. Get, get it, um, tell Biden to get his uh, DOJ to press criminal charges against these fuckers. Because you know they're, they're just uh, regrouping and they're going to do... Next time it'll be worse. If they get it next time. So we gotta lock them all up and make sure they don't ha- they don't get it next time. So we need to do. And um, so yeah, do your civic duty call. And uh, if you're uh, you want to hear more about my entertaining journey, uh, running for three positions at the same time. And do stand up 
I'm going to start doing um, shows where basically I'm going to be playing my uh, for my show, for my podcast. I'm going to play my my TikTok vids. That will be about sh- a couple of my, so my shows in future. I'm also going to do a um, armchair sleuth uh, series because I like to study uh, true crime. If you like true crime. To, uh, true crime videos and podcasts and stuff. Um, you'd probably be interested. Um, good little mystery, mystery, um, good little mystery thing, uh, mystery novel in uh, real life. So I love. I love, I don't like to. I don't like to. Um, Listen so much to the unsolved as much as the solved ones, and there's plenty of crime to go around. You know, it's just plenty of crime to, to uh, that people are talking about and doing TikTok videos. Basically, you're gonna you're gonna listen with me while I list watch uh, TikTok videos. It's gonna be kind of like I have a best of TikTok viral TikTok show, which uh, you, basically it's like you you listen to me watching TikTok videos and um, get my my perspective on things, my fucking brilliant perspective. So if you're down with that, you can actually, I've done a lot of, um, best of viral TikTok show with Trista for Senate Hazy Gavin Prez. This is my fourth season. I'm, consec- I'm uh, simultaneously doing season three and four right now. So this is season four, um, and uh, you can do my season three. It's the names are uh, hashtag Afro Soul uh, Afro Beat Soul Sister Afro Soul Sister Trista Afro Beat Soul Sister Trista interchangeable, and also um, Afro Afro Soul Sister Trista. And also hashtag stick it to the man. That was my 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 first season um, under Trump, and now it is that's what's up show on the campaign trail with Christopher Senate Gavin Perez. So yeah, I'm running for uh, next year. I'm running for governor of Arid Stoner, and uh, so I'm going to be doing a rash of uh, roasting videos. I roast. I'm gonna be roasting my way into all these seats. I'm gonna I'm roasting uh, Doug Douchey, and uh, I did I got a couple messages from him actually, and um, like catch me if you can. Uh, and uh, so I'm gonna be doing a, a move on petition against him and all the other Republican governors who are Regeneron insider traitors. As well as, uh, uh, they should be charged. 
Um, maybe the we should call uh, in my move on petition. We should call on Biden's Doge to uh, press charges of reckless uh, pub, public endangerment and uh, willful, willful criminal misconduct. About uh, masking, for example. I mean that that's uh, that's killing people by. Um, threatening, he threatened to fucking uh, yank school fund, schools funding if they had a mask mandate, fucker. And he's a Regeneron. How much does he have invested in Regeneron? Now that's what I'd like to know. So yeah, I, I went on to his uh, page and posted, um, you know, some comments. Basically, resign now. And uh, calling him out for his hundred million dollars that he, he tried to give away in tax refunds to his corporate buddies, so that they would, in turn, hey, this is a quid pro quo. This is this is bribery. It's fucking bribery. Uh, he gave them. He was going. He was trying to give them a hundred million dollars in corp and corporate tax refund refunds and um, to his Texas friends, and they were going to in turn support his presidential bid for 2024. Well, I certainly hope he runs for president because I'm gonna fucking slam him. I'm gonna blast him, and I'm I am bl- already blasting him. I'm roasting these fuckers. And uh, so if you want to see that, it's on TikTok and uh, YouTube and uh, Instagram, Facebook. I'll, I'll soon be doing some ads. I have this one, um, three minutes TikTok video I did. Um, it's how to save the planet in under three minutes three minutes or less and it's uh, stand-up but it's also it's my platform basically in a stand-up form so yeah do your job as an American call Congress 202 224 3121 write this down write it down and memorize it and the White House too 202 Four five six one 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 one. Call them religious. Call them every fucking day. There's just so much shit going on, man. We can't. We can't give up. We can't get apathetic or or discouraged or or uh, tune it out. We can't just like tune out tune out all politics because you know it's it is depressing. It's depressing what's going on and uh, we're so fuck fucking screwed by our, uh, you know, complicit Congress, for example, and, uh, fucking FBI is not doing its job, and, uh, DOJ, but the thing is, we have to pressure them, or they won't do anything, they're fucking corporate Democrats, like Ralph Nader said, two sides of the same coin who are dialing for the same dollars. a facade it's a charade a charade of, of uh, choice between the republic cunts and the democrats 
That's our supposed choice. Yeah, and we're not apathetic. There's just no, nobody to vote for. Very special screening of Fahrenheit 9-11. It's all free. If you're not signed up on my mailing list, if you're just a podcast listener, sign up on the list. Don't worry. I don't send you a lot of stuff. You're never going to get anything from a politician asking you or telling you you have to contribute $15 by midnight tonight. None none of that. Uh, I don't want any of your information. Just give us your email address, and I'll I'll let you know when things are coming up, and I'll also put you on the list so that you get my essay uh, each week. And this podcast will be right there. It'll just see you. I guess it'll just be emailed to you. You won't have to go around looking for it on Apple or Spotify or whatever. So, uh, so do that right now as we uh, sign off. Subscribe to michaelmore.com. Thank you, everybody, and I'll talk to you here very soon. <laughs>